Amen. You can be seated. Thanks so much for uh, worshiping with us tonight. Can we give the worship team a hand? That was really... I don't know about you, but uh, I could definitely sense the presence of God here tonight, and uh, it was really powerful. Love seeing young adults enter into true worship. That's what it's all about. So, welcome to Genesis. Uh, if you're new, my name is Kevin Harris, and uh, I had the privilege of co-preaching tonight with my good friend Mike Woodard. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. We got to do this uh, some months back and uh, really enjoyed it. And so we, uh, we're, we're in our final week of our series called Vow, and we've been talking about relationships. And so we're going to co-teach about relationships tonight, and we're actually going to go into the Old Testament, and we're going to look at one of the greatest love stories that's written in the Bible, which is the story of Ruth and Boaz. Right, and it's the story of a woman named Ruth, and it is good. It is as good as any Nicholas Sparks romance book or any oh, yeah. blockbuster romance movie. Uh, if you didn't know, Ruth actually has her own book of the Bible, and it's after Judges, before First Samuel. If you wanted to to open that up with us tonight, but basically, what happens is that we open with the story of a a woman named Naomi who has a husband, and she also has two sons, and the two sons are married, and so she has two daughters-in-law. And after about a time span of about 10 years, we see the husband and the two sons, but all three of them die. And so Naomi is left with just her two daughters-in-law. And the three of them decide to go back to their, their hometown. And when they arrive, Naomi looks at her, her daughters-in-law and she says, listen, I, I know your situation. I know you've lost your husband and I don't want you to feel obligated to take care of me. I'm, I'm old. I don't want you to be held back. I encourage you to go live your life, go move on, find new husbands. And one of the daughters-in-law daughters in was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to go do that. And the other one, whose name was Ruth, said, no, no I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to cling to you, Naomi, and I'm going to take care of you. And this is actually what she says in Ruth 1, 16 through 18. And this is what it says. It'll be on the screen for you. It says, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you. Or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, No more. So after reading this, we can see where the priorities of Ruth were. She had made Naomi a priority in her life. She knew that she, well, she wanted to do the right thing for her mother-in-law. And she didn't feel right leaving her to take care of herself. And so she insisted on being the right one before putting herself out on the market again to find the right one. And so if you're in here tonight, I encourage you to not be overwhelmed with the idea of finding the right one for your life, but instead kind of fall head over heels with the idea of becoming the right one. So I would encourage you guys to do that tonight. Follow Ruth's example of letting God work on you before you go out to try to find the right one. I love that. I love, I love how Ruth is loyal. Right. And she's a woman of character. And that whole thing is, is rare, to find a person of true character and the person that will say, I'm with you. No matter what, I'm sticking with you. Where you go, I will go. And I love that she wasn't worried about missing the person who was the one. And if you are worried about missing the one, like 
do I know them already? Have I met them and I, and I missed it? Or am I, am I in the wrong place? And have I missed the person who's the one? You know what? Don't worry about missing the one. Because if you're in God's will, your life is going to intersect with their life. It's going to happen. If it's from God, you can't stop it. So the important thing is to be in God's will. And if you're not in God's will, get in God's will. Do what God has called you to do. And, and don't leave God's will, because if you're in God's will, you're going to find the one. It's going to happen. God is going to set it up. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than yours. He's going to orchestrate it. And so um, in the kingdom of God, who always becomes, comes before what? And so God is more interested in who you are than what you're going to do. But we're always asking, you know, what, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I going to do next? And we ask these questions, but God is more concerned about who we are. And Ruth was a woman of character, and she was a godly woman. And so I think that's an example for us to follow, isn't it? Uh, let's focus on who God has called us to be, and then what we're called to do is just going to happen naturally. And it's the same with relationships. Let's focus on who God has called us to be, and God is going to work out who we're called to be with. And it's just going to happen so naturally. Right, absolutely. And later on in the story, we see a new character get introduced. And so basically what happens is Ruth gets to the point over time where she's ready to move on and she's ready to put herself onto the market again after losing her husband. And we see her approach Naomi and she asks Naomi if she could go out and glean among the fields in hopes that a man would take notice of her. And basically what this was is in the Old Testament, God commanded farmers to leave some grain out so that when poor people, people who were in poverty and couldn't feed themselves, when they walked by, they had something to pick up and eat. And even if you were a farmer and you were collecting your grain and you dropped some, you weren't allowed to turn around and pick it up. You had to leave it so that these people would have something to eat. And so this is what Ruth is asking Naomi to do. She's like, can I go out and do this? And Naomi gives her permission. And so Ruth goes out gleaning the fields, and as fate would have it, she stumbles upon the field of a man named Boaz. And Boaz was a wealthy guy. He was, he was a uh, godly man, and he was very righteous. And, but basically what happened is Boaz is, is seeing Ruth glean among his fields, and he looks to his employee who's out there doing the same, you know, like working the fields, and he's like, who is she? Like, whoa, who is that, Dang, right? Like, what's going that? on here? I've never seen her before. And, and so the employee's like, oh, that's, that's Ruth. That's Naomi's daughter-in-law. And he tells her what she had done for Naomi and how she, how she didn't leave her out to dry and all of that. And, and, uh, and Boaz is impressed. And so he walks up to Ruth and, and kind of just introduces himself. And Ruth introduces herself. And Boaz ends, ends up taking her in and gives her water to drink and food to eat and actually lets her go out and glean some more from his fields. And eventually she goes home and she walks up to Naomi and in her best match.com fashion, she says, Naomi, I met someone. And she's like, well, who did you meet? And she said, uh, Boaz is his name. And she was like, Boaz? She was like ecstatic when she learned that it was Boaz. And the reason she was excited was because Boaz was a relative of Naomi's late husband. And so he was what was known as a kinsman redeemer. And what that meant was that 
Boaz could marry, if he chose to, marry Ruth and kind of redeem her from her situation. And so that, this was huge for widows of the time because it meant security, it meant stability, and it meant safety. And so when she heard this, she was like, you've got to, you've got to make your move. Like, you've got to move in on Boaz. And so sure enough, Ruth goes into Boaz's house and goes into his room, and it's nighttime, and so it's dark, and she pulls the covers over his, like, from, like, off of his feet, lays at his feet, and this, like, scares him as it would anybody, you know, like, what in the world is happening right now, and he's like, who are you, and, and she's like, it's Ruth, you know, and, because he couldn't see, it was so dark, and, and so Ruth is like, this, you know, she makes her big ask, you know, she says, hey, you know, I want you to be my kinsman redeemer, you know, will you go out with me, and he says, listen, you know, I would love to, but there's a relative that's closer to you, like in like the family line, than me, and so I don't really have the, I don't have as much right to do it. But if this guy doesn't want to do it, I will. And so, what I think we can learn from from this part of the story is is so it's so clear on how Ruth and Boaz pushed each other closer to God, and I, I feel like they they gave such a clear reflection of what it's like to push someone that you're in a relationship with closer to Jesus. And, and the way they did that is because. Boaz, he served Ruth. He, he took her in, he cared for her, and he sacrificed for her. And then when he had the opportunity to jump the gun or jump on the opportunity to marry her and, and skip all the hoops that he would have had to jump through, he instead was like, no, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be patient with this, and I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to go through the boundaries that God has set, and I'm going to do things the way that God intended them to, to be. And so I think it's an incredible example of patience. And so, Kevin, what would you say are some boundaries for today's relationships? I think boundaries that we need to put in place, um, any boundary that's going to help us be pure, I'm talking about sexual purity, like that is one thing you see in uh, Boaz and Ruth's story is that here comes Ruth in the middle of the night and uh, I don't know, some of you guys might be thinking, it'd be nice if a woman came into my bedroom in the middle of the night and, but he he has, he has a situation here. He has an opportunity, and he, he doesn't take advantage of her. And she wasn't going in there to do something wrong, but this was kind of her very Old Testament, very traditional way to say, I want to be your wife. Like, I want to I be here to, to be your helpmate. And uh, instead, like you said, instead of just jumping in bed together, instead of just like, Hey, let's you know, let's live together for a while, and let's see if this is going to work before we get married. And some people believe in that, but I think that's a boundary to put in your life. Like, no, we're going to do things God's way because when we honor God, God will honor us. And so, by saying, "I'm going to wait until we're married, and we're going to do this the right way, and uh, we're going to have a wedding, and we're going to, you know, it's going to be legit."
go with Oh, my. 
what you're going through, because I'm never that really going Thank you. 